the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's always an honor for me to meet with you and have this chat. Today is Friday, August 5th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On August 5th, 1981, the federal government began firing air traffic controllers who had gone out on strike. President Reagan, I mentioned this yesterday, President Reagan had told them, don't go on strike. If you do, I'll have to fire you. They didn't believe him, so they did, and he did. Today, in 1864, during the Civil War, Union Admiral David G. Farragut, he led his fleet to victory in the Battle of Mobile Bay, Alabama, pretty famous battle. Today, in 1884, the cornerstone for the Statue of Liberty's pedestal was laid on Bedloe's Island in New York Harbor. Today, in 1914, what's believed to be the first electric traffic light system was installed in Cleveland, Ohio. It was at the intersection of East 105th Street and Euclid Avenue. Today, in 1957, American Bandstand, hosted by Dick Clark, made its network debut on ABC TV. Today, in 1962, movie star Marilyn Monroe, she was 36 years old. She was found dead in her Los Angeles home. Her death was ruled a probable suicide from acute barbiturate poisoning. There was a lot of controversy and intrigue around her death, of course, and her, particularly because of her intimate relationship with the Kennedys, particularly John F. Kennedy. Today in 2020, protesters in Portland, Oregon, barricaded about 20 police officers inside a precinct and tried to set it on fire. And today in 2020, a city commission in Minneapolis blocked a November vote on a proposal to dismantle the city's police department. None of that is news. We remember it well, but it was, it was today in 2020. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis sort of shook the country yesterday, particularly the so-called progressive community. He took action against a woke prosecutor, one of many who are putting themselves above the law. He announced that the suspension and replacement of state attorney Andrew Warren was immediate. The governor fired an elected official. Interesting. When I first heard that, I thought, man, apparently he knows what he's doing, so, I mean, he can do that. But he announced the suspension and the replacement. He was speaking from Tampa, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, and he detailed the growing emergence of woke prosecutors across the country and the frustration it's caused within the law enforcement community. These prosecutors he explained, are effectively nullifying laws with selective enforcement. 
and they're allowing crime to run rampant across the country, like burning precincts in Portland, Oregon, and trying to completely eliminate the police department in Minneapolis, and on and on and on it goes. Or defining a country of their own called CHOP on Capitol Hill in Seattle. I mean, it's there's a list of cities. It's not a long list, but a list of cities where it is just every day is chaos and promises are made and new police authorities are put in place and blah, 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 and nothing ever changes. It goes on and on and on. you got thousands of camps up and down the sidewalks of these cities with homeless people, and you got crime just raging like a wildfire. And they keep coming up with new ideas and they have meetings and seminars and all this and it doesn't get solved. But one of the problems at the heart of this is a guy named George Soros. George Soros has been quietly, in this case, working behind the scenes so that now one in five Americans, one in five Americans live in a territory or a district that is overseen by a an attorney, a U.S. attorney, that was funded and backed by George Soros. At least 75 districts in the country, that puts one in five Americans living in those districts, are under the influence of George Soros by virtue of his funding their campaign. And these people promise... They make all kinds of promises, but they promise and their intent is to not um, administer the law because they George Soros wants open borders. He ruined the UK's economy when he got rich and by shorting the the money source. And I don't have time to get into that, but it's well documented. But now he's trying to change the world into the image that he wants it to be, particularly America. America is the plum, of course. And so he has quietly backed these people kind of out of sight, and just the general public has been paying attention to higher offices, you know, more visible uh, offices in the elections, and he's been putting these people in place. Well, that's what had happened in in the case of this guy that George, that uh, Ron DeSantis uh, removed. He's a George Soros, basically appointed, although he, he's not, t- you know, not really appointed, but he is by de facto because he puts the money up. He's put millions and millions of dollars. I heard a figure, I don't think it's correct, but I heard a figure somewhere yesterday that he's invested up to $40 billion dollars to get these guys elected. Maybe it is correct. I, I'm not sure. I didn't verify it, but it's a it's a, it's a a fortune that he's put into this. He feels so passionately about basically remaking or destroying America as we've known it. And that is who he is, and that's what he's about. So that is what was related to what Ron DeSantis was doing yesterday. This is one of those 75 districts in America that are overseen by an attorney who is committed to the values of George Soros because George Soros put them in place. So speaking from Tampa, DeSantis 
detailed the growing emergency of these prosecutors across the country, the frustration it's caused within the law enforcement community. He said these prosecutors, he explained, are effectively nullifying laws with selective enforcement, allowing crime to run rampant in the country, as I said. So he is definitely a man of both words and action and deeds. The governor asked for an examination of such actions in the Sunshine State in Florida, and he said the results pointed to the 13th Judicial Circuit in Hillsborough County with State Attorney Andrew Warren. So he essentially fired him. He removed him, an elected official. Most people in America are fully aware that lawlessness is rampant. I know those of you who listen to this program are. We talk about it. We have to talk about it. I don't see how anyone could not be aware of the condition of lawlessness in our country, in most cities. And this has not been lost on Governor DeSantis, for sure. So I want to talk to you a little bit about what he did and the impact this may have. Then I want to talk to you about a different topic today as we have time on this Friday. I want to talk to you a little bit about the violent extremism that the FBI is now working to quell and to remove from our culture because it's not healthy for the culture. This comes in a leaked FBI bulletin that was not intended for public consumption. Project Veritas has done it again, and we thank them. We, the American people, I'm sure all thank them for what they're doing because they turn on the light from time to time on things that we may not know about otherwise. So I want to talk to you a little bit about that today as well. I noticed that uh, Liz Cheney, who is behind 30 points in her district in Wyoming, not so, uh, or as in the state of Wyoming, not, not surprisingly, her father, former Vice President Dick Cheney, yesterday, He was rushing to the defense of his daughter's downward trend in the Republican primary campaign. She's been she's been cherried. She's been used as a pawn by Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats. I mean, let's be honest. She is uh, she's been up front. She's been the kind of the superstar of this whole this hearing. And night after night after night, they have over the last couple of months aired these hearings live on all the networks some nights and so on but um, anyway she's about 30 points behind and it does not look even the democrats are saying she will not be reelected, even though they're using her and she's of course enjoying every moment of it in the limelight but i don't know how she thought she could do that and get reelected in in a state like wyoming uh, among democrats but apparently she thought she could but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. She, as I said, she's 30 points behind this uh, Harriet Hagman that has been um, endorsed by Trump, of course. So Dick Cheney, former Vice President Dick Cheney with, uh, with President Bush, George W. Bush, uh, he came to her defense, his daughter's defense, and he's made a, an ad, and they started running it last night. And uh, in the ad, he says this, um, he said, I'm quoting some of the narrative uh, the, in, the, in the ad. He said, Dick Cheney says, in our nation's 246-year history, there has never been an individual who is a greater threat to our republic than Donald Trump. He is a coward, 
A real man wouldn't lie to his supporters. He lost the election, and he lost big. I know it, he knows it, and deep down I think most Republicans know it. Then he claims that his daughter's obsession with Trump is doing what's right by honoring her oath to the Constitution when so many in our party are too scared to do so. So they are trying to divide the, the Republican Party, sadly, but uh, that if you if you support Trump, that you are doing so because you're afraid. Or if you're silent, if you're not taking on Trump like his daughter is, Liz Cheney, then it's because you're fearful. You're not a real man or a real woman to stand up and do what is right. So it's a very, very divisive ad that he put out there. I would have thought better of him, but, you know, it's his daughter. I guess he's going to do what he needs to do. I don't think it's going to help her that much. I think people are going to like Dick Cheney and say, yeah, you you go ahead and, and have birthday parties with your daughter, but we don't want to elect her. I think that's what's going to happen, but we'll see what happens in that issue. Interestingly enough, uh, speaking of elections, I talked a little bit about the uh, some of the outcomes of the uh, primary elections in several states yesterday, including Washington State and Arizona. I said at the time yesterday morning when we were live, originating live on on the air here, as we do every morning, I said that the 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 Arizona uh, Republican uh, or the uh, the governor's race was too close to call in the Republican um, among the Republican candidates. Well, overnight they counted a bunch more. Um, ballots, and Kerry Lake, um, the person that uh, Donald Trump is endorsing, as opposed to Karen uh, Robson, who is kind of the standard bearer for the mainstream Republicans, I guess you'd call them there. Uh, Kerry Lake is a former TV news person, and she has been declared the winner. Uh, as of this morning, there were uh, 336,769, 47% of the vote was going to Kerry Lake. 44% was going to Karen Robson, whom they thought was a shoe-in, the Republicans did, for the candidate. So that has been declared, and we'll see where that goes in Arizona. I think it's very important because the left has been really trying to turn Arizona into a blue state, which it has traditionally never been, and I I can't imagine it is now. It doesn't look like it is. It looks like they're turning more toward conservatism, which they've been known for. The Bible says, the Bible says in Psalm 138:7, "Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me." That reminds me of words in the New Testament, John 14.1. I'm sure you've memorized this verse. I hope you have. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. That's where our faith is founded, and that's where our faith is centered. Believe in me, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. In these kinds of days, it is so confusing, it is so terrorizing, when we see what's happening in our world, the only way to have peace is in God and in a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. That's where we are today. And I would encourage you, 
If you do not, if you have not accepted Christ as your Savior, please do so. Christ died for you because he loves you. God loves you. Regardless of the amount of sin and waywardness that's in your life, God can forgive you and he will if you'll ask him. Simply say, Jesus, pray to Jesus, I believe that you are indeed the Son of God. I believe that you died on a cross for my sin. I believe that you rose from the dead. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins and I accept you as my Savior. That is, in a nutshell, that's what evangelicalism is about. That's what biblical Christianity is about, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And then you will have peace in the midst of turmoil in our culture. I constantly hear people say, I can't hardly sleep at night when I see what's going on in our world. Well, I understand that. If you don't understand that God is in control and God has a plan, and that we're part of that plan. We're to be salt and light and be active and vote and and do what we do. But at the end of the day, God is in control. And so we take a deep breath. We look at the things we don't understand and say, well, I don't understand this. But his ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. That's not a state of denial. It's simply a state of acceptance of a higher power. In this case, it's Almighty God who created all things, the heavens and the earth. He knows you. He loves you. He has a plan, and we're part of that plan. Boy, to me, that's that's great. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Anyway, this governor, DeSantis, a lot of people are looking at him as a possible president of the United States. I could vote for him in a heartbeat if he were the candidate, I can tell you. But we'll see how that all shakes out. Donald Trump hasn't said whether he's going to run again for president or not. We'll see. But Governor DeSantis said state attorneys have a duty to prosecute crimes as defined in Florida law. He said not to pick and choose which laws to enforce based on personal agenda. That's exactly what these Soros-based people are doing. They're choosing and picking which laws they want to prosecute and letting the other people go. So DeSantis was fed up with that. He said, I have the utmost trust that Judge Susan Lopez, who will be this guy's replacement, will lead the office through this transition and faithfully uphold the rule of law. DeSantis gave a number of examples of Warren refusing to enforce enforce state law. After the Dobbs decision, the one that overturned Roe v. Wade, uh, the Democrats signed a letter saying he would not enforce any state laws relating to protecting the unborn in Florida, DeSantis told the press, which he did, the guy. Um, the governor also noted that Warren's pro-LGBTQ plus position of vowing not to enforce prohibitions on sex changes for minors or restrictions on abortions. He said, we are committed to protecting Flor- Floridians and state attorneys do not get to pick and choose which elements of the law they want to enforce. I mean, it's real basic stuff. It's kind of what it used to be without all of the fanfare. DeSantis continued. He said, prosecutor discretion is not about blanket policies. It's about individual cases. I was When I was reading that, I was reminded of an article that I read I, because I talked about it at the time. It was published back in 2017. I, I pulled the article up and read it. In fact, I've included it in an article that I wrote on our website about this subject. You can read it there at faithandfreedom.us. You can all, also make contributions 
on our to our ministry and we we need it of course we're on the air because you are supporting it if you weren't supporting it we wouldn't be here so thank you in advance i know you know that and i know that you'll do whatever the lord leads you to do if you want to mail in a contribution it's box 399 bellevue washington 98009 but anyway the new york times published an article it was titled five prosecutors with a fresh approach this was in 2017. It was celebrating how billionaire open borders advocate George Soros was funding these anti-law lawyers, political campaigns and their positions because they, he shares that view. And the Times said, quote, they don't talk about locking up the bad guys and throwing away the key. The Times, by the way, thought it was a great idea. I mean, they were all basking in the light of what George Soros was doing to America. Uh, they don't talk about locking up bad guys and throwing away the key. They talk instead about a justice system that jails too many people at the expense, they say, of common sense, public safety, safety, and even humanity. The New York Times said, here are five change-minded prosecutors, all of them Democrats, whose campaigns were funded by billionaire George Soros and the causes they have championed. First on the list of the five was, guess whom? I, back then, I didn't know this guy. I mean, I didn't know anything about him. First guy on the list of the special five that the New York Times was celebrating, Andrew Warren. He's the guy that DeSantis disposed of his office as in his office uh, yesterday. On this profile, it says... He will be the state attorney for Hillsborough County, Florida, as we know. He's 40 years old at that time. He was elected November 2016. His background is a former federal prosecutor. His promise is to find alternatives to prison for nonviolent and first-time offenders, especially juveniles. What that means, I mean, translated to us little people out here in America, is that uh, he's not going to put very many people in jail because he doesn't like the idea of the, of consequences. He says charging kids as adults should be reserved for the most serious, violent, and chronic offenders. This is Juvenile Justice 101. It's kind of a mocking statement that he makes. And there were four other duplicate copies of Andrew Warren in that story. So I find it very interesting. A failed country, it is said, is caused by a failed state. A failed state is caused by lawlessness. Lawlessness is caused by government officials accepting bribes to not do their job. That's exactly what's happening in this matter where George Soros is quietly with his billions of dollars working behind the scenes, in this case putting people in a prosecutorial office that will not prosecute. That's why the cities burned. That's why Seattle burned, Portland burned. I mean, it went on and on, and I believe me, that could happen again. All we need is something to spark those people, because they're out there. There's a group of paid people who travel their expenses and their paid money, a salary or a stipend or whatever, and they travel from city to city to city, and they lead these riots. These riots are not spontaneous as they appear. Now, there's a, hundreds and sometimes thousands of people that are drawn into them just in the in the moment, people that have been drinking or on drugs or, or whatever. Uh, in many cases, they, they are under the influence of something, but not all of them are. But 
these guys, I mean, it's it's not a large group, but it, it's a group of, of people, Antifa and otherwise, that go from city to city, and they're paid. They're well-funded, and they lead these riots, and they lead young adults that are there in the, in the moment and in, in, in just in the context of, of the rage and the out, you know, the outrage and all that's going on, they get sucked into doing things. I'm not excusing them, but I'm saying they get sucked into doing things that they didn't intend to do when they went to the protest, so-called. That's why these reporters always say, well, it's mostly peaceful protest. They say that early in the evening because as it progresses, it gets worse and worse and more and more violent and buildings burn and people get shot sometimes and killed and so on. So this is what Soros and his money is trying to do to America and has, has done fairly successful. So in that, in that context, Project Veritas was handed a memo an internal memo from the FBI. It was leaked to them, and they have now put it, over the last couple of days, they put it on their website, on the Internet, and it has caused more than a little stir, i got to tell you. I just wanted to make you aware of that before we say goodbye for the weekend. But it, um, it's the title of it is Domestic Terrorism Symbols Guide, and uh, it includes such common images as, as a, a signal for terrorism symbols, it includes the Gladstone flag, the Betsy Ross flag, and the Liberty Tree as symbols of people who are not well in intention. They're called Militia Violent Extremists, MVE. And the FBI is telling itself and its agents internally that if they see these, including these things in a, in a group or in individual, you know, situations, the, the Gadsden flag, the Betsy Ross flag, the Liberty Tree, these are part of, they said, don't use this entirely. There has to be other uh, activities that, that collude with this. But if you see those, that is a sign that you may be dealing with these uh, militia violent extremists. The document includes terms and symbols that are very familiar in conservative and law enforcement and military circles. It, it was an amazing uh, revelation to me that the FBI is so focused on conservative people, actually on people, I mean, the, the, it says the wide, widespread use of symbols and quotes from American history, especially the Revolutionary War, exists this memo, an internal memo with the FBI, they exist within this MVE uh, network. They say historic, this bulletin says the historic contemporary military themes are common for MVE symbols. And the document is marked across the top. It says unclassified law enforcement sensitive for internal use only. And in there they mention this Ashley Babbitt who was shot and killed at the um, at the Washington D.C. So I'm going to be talking more about that. That's just out in the news. But I wanted to make you aware of it in case you're hearing something about it over the weekend. We'll probably make at least a few minutes reference to this on Monday again because I think it's important that we know what's going on both in, within, and without 
in our country and in our world today. Hey, thank you so much for being with me. It's always a pleasure, always a privilege. Thank you for your support. Have a great weekend. I'll see you right here on Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.